Welcome to an all-new episode of Get Lit with Leanna, the podcast. Join me as I sit down with a new guest author in each episode to discuss their books, careers, and everything in between. Today, I'm sitting down with romance author Sophie Sullivan, who wrote the new rom-com, A Guide to Being Just Friends. I had the best time chatting with Sophie today, connecting on so many different things, mostly on the fact that she's a Canadian romance author. I loved getting her input on what it's like being a Canadian author in this landscape, how she feels she stands out if she stands out. We talked all about how she got her publishing deal, the genesis of this story world, her favorite moments from this book, and of course, what she's working on next. So without further ado, my conversation with Sophie Sullivan starts right now. Welcome Sophie Sullivan to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. I loved your book, A Guide to to Being Just Friends. Thank you. I'm very excited to chat with you about this book and about your career. But before we start, I would love to know a little bit more about you and your background and especially the fact that you write under a pen name sometimes. So like, tell me all about that and maybe your (laughs) decision to like differentiate what your books go under which name I'd love to know more about that um well I've actually been writing for just I think about 10 years now I think I'm hitting the 10-year mark I self-published something about uh 2013 and I had gotten a short story published in a little anthology through um well I think they're called Fuse Literary right now but that was my first kind of traditional public not traditional but that was my first like professionally published thing um I've been writing most of my life um and from there it kind of it kind of just went at this slow pace in and out of all the right things and wrong things and things that I thought would go somewhere and things that didn't so I started writing books for um I actually got a co-authored um a chance to co-author a book through Anaya Press. So I co-authored a Christian romantic suspense book um, with someone. And so I did two of those. And every time I did something, it kind of built and I started writing more. So I actually have several books under my Jody Holford name, which is my actual name. Um, I have a series, I have two different series of cozy mysteries. One, just um, the latest, the second one in my second series came out last Tuesday. And that's through Truly Publishing. Oh my gosh. Um, so that's that. And then uh, through Kensington, I have four cozy mysteries. I have, I think, eight entangled books. So those are romance. Um, I have a ton of, well, I had published with a small publisher for some books called Falling for Home, Caught Looking and Damaged. But then I got my rights reverted back. So I put those under my own name. And so I have that series as well. Um, And then I was finished. I I worked with Entangled for such a long time. And I was finishing up the second of my baseball books, which happened to be my last book. And I was kind of at loose ends wondering if this was it. uh, Am I done? Do I, you know, I'd sent some stuff out. um, And I decided to just kind of take a break because I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I was actually feeling quite down at that time because I'm like, this is, you know, I've done all these books and I was under contract for so long and I hadn't done anything. I didn't have anything on the horizon. Mm -hmm. And so I had made the decision that I would just write for myself. You know, when a story hit me, I would do that. And my husband went on the local radio station um, on a show called Open open chair I think it was okay and it was just it was the first edition I mean you say he came home and he's like oh I signed up for this open chair thing I thought it'd be fun with the DJ Rob Michaels and I'm like okay whatever that's weird but whatever <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that. 
Um, I can barely do like the pre-recorded thing. So um, we were sitting downstairs listening in my office and I was like, I can't believe it. Like I get really nervous on his behalf. He does like speeches at work and stuff. Like we're both okay. teachers in real life. Um, but I get really nervous on his behalf. So I was feeling really, really overly anxious about him, even though he was doing really well. And then they just started kind of riffing. And I was like, this would be horrible. I cannot imagine being in this position where he's live on the air and the DJ just throws something at him. Like, let's do the weather. And yeah. he just, he was so good. I was like, that would be my nightmare. And so then I started thinking about how, what would put a woman in that position? I mean, why is she at the radio station if she doesn't want to be on the air? And then I started thinking about a producer. And so Everly came to me there, This the idea of this woman who hated her birthdays, who hated attention, who has all of this social anxiety, and what would be her worst nightmare? And it is going live on air. So I was really, truly lucky because my husband kind of developed this romance with the... That's <laughs> so funny. He let me come and check out the radio station. He answered so many of my questions and he interviewed me when 10 Rules came out. Um, and they actually, the other DJs just interviewed me yesterday for a guide to being just friends. That's amazing. So it, was really, really, it was really cool. And it started as something local, something that, you know, I couldn't have imagined doing myself. But yeah. anyway, so I had this, so there, that was my Everly idea, right? This girl walks in, she does this thing and she's mortified. And so I just started writing and I had nobody to write for and I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. And I wrote like the first, I don't know, three chapters and my agent said, well, let me just send it out. Right. Cause when you, when you're an established writer, you can send out 30 pages and mm-hmm. see what people think. And Alex Seehalster fell in love with it at St. Martin's press. And it just was this, amazing whirlwind. I didn't get my hopes up because I had been doing this for so long and it didn't feel like, you know, if you're not going to get your break by book five, then you're probably not going to get by book 10. And right. I mean, those things aren't true, but that is definitely how you feel. Right. For sure. And so, uh, she started talking to me, I think it was April of 2019, 20, 2019. Yeah. And she said, can we set up a call? This isn't an offer or anything like that, but can we call and talk about this character? And we started talking about it. She started telling me how much everybody loved Everly. And it just was so motivating to finish the book. Yeah. And I did a hundred pages and they signed it. And one of the stipulate, not stipulations, but one of their suggestions, and I will listen to anything they say, um, (laughs) was try a pen name because I already had all these books out as Jody Holford. And it's not that I don't have wonderful readers because I do. And, you know, it's always been a slow and steady. I'd rather have, you know, an authentic reader that really loves my books than just have, you know, a million followers that don't really know what I do. So my agents always said, you know, like one reader at a time, it's okay. But they said, like, let's tap into a new demographic. Let's debut you. And you can't do that as Jody Holford because you have all these books. And let's do it as rom-com. So that became Sophie Sullivan. I worked really hard to try and um, think of a way to get my daughter's names and my husband's name into some sort of weird pen name, but couldn't. So I I decided to choose two of my favorite um, Drew Barrymore characters. So... (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I'm hoping one day she finds that out and then she can make them into movies. <laughs> oh, I would die. I would yeah. die. Yeah. You so, need to have somebody at SMP pitch you to her talk show. I Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. That's what yeah. you need. I don't that know who be. does that. 
Oh my yeah. God. Somebody at SMP a hundred percent can. Yeah. That was, yeah. So that was my, so I chose, um, Sophie Sullivan. So it was her in the wedding singer was Julia Sullivan. And so in, um, music and lyrics, which is one of my all-time favorite. I'm movies. obsessed. No, you don't understand. So many people don't know that one. Hey, so I, good, right? I sing pop goes my heart all the time. Oh my gosh, yes. No, I am obsessed with that movie. Yes. So that's where I got Sophie from. I love that. So yeah. Much. So, and that's, that's how, what it became. Now, when I do my books, so my cozy mysteries and anything with other, it, not, not necessarily anything. I don't think it's that I, I can't do rom-com for other houses under Sophie Sullivan. Right. This is my, you know, my home is with St. Martin's Press. Sophie's name is with them. My rom-coms are with them. It's not that I can't put out a Jody romance or I'm working with um, Blackstone Publishing on kind of a different women's fiction type book. That'll be under Jody Holford. But that's where the name came from. And I've got six more coming from them after this one. So oh my gosh. So you're like living like a double life. You're kind of like like Hannah Montana almost like almost a triple life because I teach full time. Yes. So So how do you balance all of that? Like how do you get your writing in? How do you do your editing? How do you manage like I imagine being an author is a full-time job. So how it's, become, you- it's become one. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you balance the two? Like what's your trick? Well, I'm not going to turn my camera around so you can't see how dirty my house is, how okay. full my table is of stickers and everything everywhere. But um, I have a lot of support. My husband is fantastic. Um, he, when I started writing more, he took on all the cooking. I was already a stress case when it came to shopping. I get grocery shopping and then I just feel overwhelmed. So he had already taken over the grocery shopping <laughs> and then he actually fell in love with cooking. He watches as many cooking shows as he does sports shows. And even when I have a break or time, he's just like, oh, I'll cook. So that is a Amazing. huge thing. Yeah. Our girls are a bit older. Um, I have a 19 year old who's also a writer and a 16 year old who's just an amazing kid. Um, they have always been really supportive. And when they were younger, you know, I write, you write, or I write, you draw, or, right. you know, my second was a little bit trickier. She just needed to be kept busy. Mm-hmm. So it's just always kind of been, I mean, the truth is I, I don't go to the gym when other people would, and I don't go on hikes and I don't go, you know, right. I'm not, knitting scarf. Well, I can crochet a scarf, but I'm not <laughs> <laughs> all of these things, right? Like you, I, I believe that you make time for the things that you love in your life. And this yeah. is a big, big part of my life. And it means I'm not at the gym and I'm not baking as much anymore, except right. at Christmas and things like that. So this is where I, I put my time. Yeah. Do you, do your girls read any of your books? Like, are they yes, all of them? All? Yeah, yeah, that's so oh, my, cute. My youngest daughter is the fastest reader I've ever met. So I will often, if I'm like, okay, can you just scan this for me and tell me if it doesn't make sense or whatever? She reads so fast. So she read 200 books last year. She's, it's crazy. She's, she's so wow. fast and she reads them. Like you can, she'll be like, oh, because she tells me, right? Especially when some of the books she loves romance. Mm -hmm. Um, So when some of the books she reads, I mean, she's only 16. So we really kind of have a policy where I can't keep up with you. I have my favorite writers read what you want. If there's things that bother you stop, we can talk about anything you want, but you know, like you can't. So, so we leave that up to her, but I know she reads them truly because she'll be like, I can't believe this happened. And she tells me all these things. Like she truly like, yeah, I don't know how she does it all. Yeah. That's amazing. But yeah. And Kaylee reads my books as well. So, and my husband. So 
That's yeah. amazing. I can't imagine what it would be like me being like such a ferocious reader and like loving yeah. romance and then like having a mom that writes romance. Like that is wild. I I like, does she ever get like embarrassed? Do either of them get like embarrassed or shy about it? Or they're just like so proud. They they're love so it. fantastic. They amazing. think they're really cool, particularly because Kaylee, Kaylee actually has um a book coming out with Blackstone in 2024, a young adult romance. Yeah. Oh my um, gosh. You have to yeah, let me know when that's out so I can grab it. I absolutely will. Okay. It's called, oh my goodness. I'm going to forget because I'm all nervous. No worries. Okay. I'll come back to it. Cause if I'm thinking about it, it's not because I forget. It's just because <laughs> I'm nervous. Um, but yeah, so they read, um, my stuff with Kaylee. I didn't read hers till the end, but she always wants to read my stuff that they're so supportive. And Kaylee, especially because she's part of the writing world, she thinks that I'm so cool. And I don't know I love how lucky I got to for them. I also don't write. And not that I'm opposed to it at all. I will absolutely read it. But I don't write um, sex scenes. I don't right. write anything graphic. I, I mean, you know, his hands are moving and their mouths are on each other. But it's not. Yeah, it's, you're not writing okay. like. And it's, it's not. Like, it's only because my agent told me when I first started, if you don't feel like you can do it well, just don't. Such good advice. So I, it's never been my comfort zone Mm -hmm. and I love, you know, like I love Melissa Foster and like so many other authors that write open door, but I just, it's not my wheelhouse. So really there's not a lot that if they were reading it, it's really, you know, inappropriate or whatever. One's been through high school and one's in high school. So that's more inappropriate than my books. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I totally can. I get that. I get that. But I would yeah. love to know more about you being like a Canadian romance writer. Do you feel like pressure to stand out? Because there's just, it's such an oversaturated market romance right now. Like, and it's amazing. I love that there's so many options, but I feel like Canadian voices are still being stifled, which is so sad. Like, and being yeah. with an American publishing house, I'd love to know your point of view being Canadian. And if you feel that it's been more of a struggle or how maybe you're trying to break out into more international markets. Like, I would love to know. That's a really, that's a really cool question. Sometimes I wonder what I have control over. So there's a few like different parts of your question there. Do I feel like I stand out? No, I don't. And then I'll go online and it'll be like, somebody will message me and be like, um, Everly's anxiety, just like, I felt like somebody had seen me. I'm like, okay, (laughs) clearly, you know, it's reaching people and it might be slow and steady. I'll see other things, other Canadian authors, and they're highlighted in these big ways, you know, breakfast television, those, mm-hmm. all those Canadian staples that were like, yeah, when you're, when you've really made it, you're on one of these things, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even think they exist. A, a lot of people in my own town don't know that I'm both names or that I write or that, you know, it's these things. And, and it's a weird balance, I think, not just the Canadian thing, but just, I'm not a, I get really nervous about, I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, you know, so how was your day? Oh, by the way, I write right. books and you can read them. Like, I'm not a good self-promoter. Okay. Um, So I think that's a little bit of a, a hard piece. I definitely think that there's been a lot more recognition and notice since my Sophie books. And I think that, you know, the publishers got doors I don't that they can open and not that other publishers haven't, but this is a bigger publisher and they push me into different areas. Um, and actually speaking of Canadian and accolades, um, 10 rules for faking it just won the Canadian book club award, which I mean, that's it. It it was, I was just part of, again, part of me, I was like, okay, it's, it's not a big deal. Like it's, but it is, it it, it really is. And it's one of, but it's such a weird balance, right? Like I, 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 it's part of what I do every day. It's part of 
what I've been doing for so long. And I was feeling a little grouchy last week and I had another release last week. And then I, I, I was just, I felt like I was being a little passive aggressive. So I said to my husband, I said, I feel like I'm not being fair about this. I want you to celebrate me. I'm so excited that you guys think it's worth celebrating. But on the other hand, I feel like, okay, stop. I don't need all this attention. This is what I love to do. Right. Right. So it's this balance. And, but yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's really, really hard as the author to know how to push yourself to promote yourself. I see these, these other people, like, you know, um, I'm going to get all their names wrong, so I won't, but just other Canadian authors that have different channels than I do. And I, I, most authors are really wonderful. Like, you know, how did you do that? And they'll say, Oh, my publicist set it up. Mm -hmm. And so this time with this book, I had asked my publicist through St. Martin's about, oh, I see that some people do virtual events and stuff. You know, what's that? What's that all about? And she's like, I will ask the people for you. I'll reach out to the people for you. Who do? And I was like, okay, so I have to start asking. I have to start right. being part of that conversation. Um, you know, I'm not going on a book tour. I'm not at that level. But, you know, I'm doing a, a virtual event with Helena Hunting on Friday. And That's Melanie. amazing. It is amazing. And so there's this, this, this kind of realization that I have to be part of it. I don't have to be the expert, which I think is a kind of, for me, a fear, right? Like I can't yeah. just, I, I only have so much reach. I put it on Facebook and Instagram and then, you know, it trickles out slowly. But mm -hmm. then when something like that, you know, I think, I think it's just a slow and steady thing. I certainly feel like I have um, a spot at the table. You I don't definitely know. do. I don't know that I'm like, you know, I didn't organize the table, but I'm there. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. There's so much out there. And I feel like I'm a romance writer. I have romance writing friends. I, I'm right in this world. Obviously, I know all the romance writers. And I just in the last few weeks or a few months, I've like, I've never read them and I've never read them. And there's, there's too much. much out there. Yeah. Right? In the and best of ways. It's good. Yeah. A lot of it's wonderful. Yeah. But it just, it does feel, and then I feel like, okay, I need to be appreciative because I was feeling like I was, you know, invisible. And then it's like, okay, have you ever heard of this other author and this, like, we're all just realize. kind of going along, doing our thing, trying to have a little, a little bit of space. And yeah. There's more space than we think there is, but it's also really hard to a hundred percent, a hundred percent focused on you. Yeah. And now working with a U.S. publisher, does that change? Like, do you, what's your, your real name? Like you're not your pen yeah. name. Were you working at all with like smaller Canadian indie publishers? Mm -hmm. Like it was always the same kind. Always, mm -hmm. always. And I only publish through Amazon because I'm scared of learning anything new. I have my self-published books on like um on and yeah and yeah it's always been American publishers and Tangled is an American publisher yeah. um Thule Kensington um Penner when they were around and so yeah St. Martin's was one of my you know one of my dreams yeah uh, Roberts is there Rainbow Rowell 100%. and so yeah that piece yeah. of it has um has always just kind of been right so exciting. What it is. yeah yeah. Okay, I need to talk to you a little bit now about a guide to being just friends. Firstly, I love that it's part of a like a series, like a story world, but it's still a standalone. Yeah, not hard to write as an author. Like, how do you not? How do you still intertwine elements, pieces of a story world without making it that you need to read the previous story in order to read the newest release? You know.
Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. That's a really good question. Um, so for me, I just try to focus, I think with the first book, it's different because you pull in characters based on what you need, your main characters, how you need them to be seen. But with with this book, there is a, a bit of pressure because you know Chris and Noah are there and you want the other people in it. And so it just became about keeping the story authentic, the friendship between Wes and Haley. And okay, so where would they interact? And he's not constantly talking about his brother so that he can bring them up. It's these authentic situations, which allowed for, you know, both of them being kind of new to the area allowed for him to introduce her in different ways. Um, It's a lot of fun to have them all together. So I try to do it in ways that I feel like they would actually, they love each other, but they also really like each other. Yes. And their girlfriends like each other. And I think about, you know, just hanging out with our friends. And when we're hanging out and having a barbecue and doing things like that, that's kind of the vibe I wanted to create. And it allows me to, if I'm careful about it, it allows me to bring in all those other people, like even Morty and Tilly and things like that. Um, And so, you know, that they have their own support systems in place, but you always have to go back to the the story of, okay, where is Haley headed and where is Wes headed, right? Yeah. So how did you come up with this story in particular? Like, where did the concept come to you and what was the outlining process like? So when I first, when I first pitched a story, so there was 10 rules and I told you how that developed and then it became, okay, you know, I had these, I'll do something else. i like, give these little snippets that sometimes that's what they are. And sometimes they don't end up being that you just have these, okay, don't worry. I'll have a book two and three. Yeah. And so when I wrote book two, one, Noah was such a strong presence. And then Wes was kind of this voice of reason in the background. And he stayed that in book two. And so when I was writing, when I was thinking about book three, um, all three of the brothers were impacted in different ways by, by the same things. And so I wanted Wes to be different. I also with knowing going, going into it, knowing it was the final in the series, I wanted to bring some of the anxiety elements back because I think it can get overlooked, especially in males. Yeah. Um, And I also think that there isn't that we don't always label it the same. Right. And I think that's what was kind of special about Wes is rather than just, you know, not wanting love and things, he was, he really carried a lot on his shoulders without sharing that. Mm -hmm. And so when I created him, I wanted to make sure he was different from his brothers, but still that same kind of connection. But he has that little, that little screen in front of him that was like, okay, I'm, I'm keeping you guys away from like all the true stuff. And, and so that let him be his own person. Mm-hmm. And then, so then when I had done that in the previous books, I thought, okay, I'll just maybe do terror or something because that's, oh. she's next door at the bakery and things like that. And at the time, my editor said, well, we already have a bakery book coming out. Could you do something different? So I'm like, okay. So then it be- it's just all these ideas that come together, right? Like I have yeah. a general idea. And then I was like, okay, what could I do that was different? And we had gone to, we had gone to a party at a friend's house and it was just, I'm sure it was from Pinterest, but she served little um, pocket, little cups of veggies 
but the dip was at the bottom of it. It was right after COVID. So it was a COVID friendly veggie cup. And I'm like, I love this. I would, and I'm really funny like that. Like if you make me a salad, I will eat it. I don't want to make it. I like, I I am the same way. Like if you put it all together in a nice little package for me, I'll be so excited and it's perfect. And so I started to think about that. And I started to think about the fact that I, I didn't want it to just be another woman that was there. I wanted it someone with her own goals and her own motivations and her own reasons for kind of fixating on her business and her own life. Mm-hmm. So it that that's kind of where I came at it from. And then they just kind of develop as I, as I write. I love it. And I loved the first sentence of the book. I don't remember exactly oh. what it was, but it made me laugh out loud. I was like, wait, what is this about salad? Like it's just such a good, <laughs> it captures your attention so quickly. Looking back on the book, what was your like most favorite because there's so many funny lines like what was a really funny line for you or a moment that really sticks out to you that when you were writing you were like this is a good thing I'm not gonna change it or tweak it or take it out yeah uh there's a couple there's a couple uh one is the the dork the whale penis because yes I had called my children a dork several times it's constantly thrown around you're such a dork you're such a dork and I'm not sure what I think it was my oldest daughter who was like okay do you know what that means I'm like yeah I didn't know what it meant and so we urban dictionary and stuff. And so that was like a true thing that I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't, you know, That's so, so it's one of those funny things. Um, one of the ones I, I love and I was glad they didn't take out was the text exchange between them where they end up, you know, he says, I adore you and things like that, because mm-hmm. I think he's so careful with all of the things he says and to, to text acronyms is such a, it made me laugh. It's a, yeah, it, but it's a shortcut and he's not a shortcut guy. And it's so it, for me, and I mean, maybe I'm making too much out of it, but for me, it was like this sense of comfort he had with her that he could do this. And if he screwed up, it didn't matter. And mm-hmm. it was just this like Wes, vulnerability. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Him doing that was the same as him, like asking for a hug. Like I really, really love their, their text exchanges and mm-hmm. their shopping trips. Yeah. So. Oh, I really love this book. It was just like such a cute Thank you. That makes story. me so happy. Yeah, I really, really loved it. So what's like next now? Because obviously this was the last book in this series. So is there more Sophie Sullivan books? There are six. Yeah, I just signed two new deals with them last year, um, which is just honestly, the first series was my dream. The rest of it is just... I'm pinching myself because it, it's so wonderful. So the next book, uh, next February, I've got a book coming out. It is called Love Naturally. And Love. this this kind of uptight, uh, she's not a hotelier. She's a concierge for a hotel. <laughs> she's got a life plan. She's got a very specific life plan. And she's ready to move forward with her boyfriend. And she doesn't like all the same things he does, but she wants to move forward. So she buys him a 10-day trip to a fishing lodge to prove to him that, yeah, I can do this. I, this city girl can be an outdoorsy girl. And he dumps her before she gets on the plane. Uh, mm-hmm. So she ends up at this lodge, at a fishing lodge. And there's a family there that are running the lodge. And it's a little more run down than she expected. And the one of the brothers that's helping out fall they fall in love with each other so it's a really fun story um I feel like I I worked very hard to have kind of a Schitt's Creek vibe in the town love that Um, it's uh her name is Presley and his is Beckett and I feel like I I love the characters 
Um, I'm really happy with them. So that again, siblings, it'll go through. So there's Beckett and then his older brother who owns the lodge and then their sister. So they're all introduced in the first book. So that's the second series that starts coming out next year. Wow. And then now my publication schedule will be a little bit different. So I'll actually be getting to do two books a year with them. Wow. And one series will be all um, holiday books. So I just finished up um, Can't Help Falling in Love. And it was originally titled Most Likely Too. So that one there, which will be a holiday book, is set at fall. And the it's funny that you said the thing about the first line, because I can't go forward with a story. Until you have a first line. And the first line. And so I get a picture in my head about this first scene, you know, Everly saying the, the you know, what she said on air or yeah. whatever it is. Um, and for this one in Can't Help Falling in Love, she was like, you know, supposed to do all these great things in high school. And here she is waitressing because lots of things have gone wrong. And her high school former friends come in and they look like they've achieved every goal they wanted. Mm. So instead of admitting she works there, she sits down with one of the customers and says she's with him. And so they end up so funny fake dating. So I love that. So so it's, yeah. So she gets herself in a little trouble that way. And yeah. And that's a, you know, so again, that series there, that'll branch off. It'll be characters connected to them. And so that's kind of, I like when they're connected. I like, because it lets you bring back everybody. It lets you be in the same world. And it kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, as a reader, that's what you love, right? Yes. Especially when it's done well. And I love the way that you do it. I love that you can Thank like you. read them in any order, but if you read yeah. them in order they're intended, it's like, just makes it so much more right. complete. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Well, it sounds like you have so much coming down the pipeline. I'm so excited I for do. you. I'm very excited. Thank you. I'm really excited. And I need to know about your daughter's release. So please don't forget to fill yes. me in. I would yes. love to know about it and I would love to post about it. And yep, that would be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. She's, um, she's, she's there. The summer lead title for 2024. Exciting. So, That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. The well, last love song. There That's we go. It. Sorry. <laughs> Listen, as soon as you like take a breath, yeah, everything like, comes back. It's okay if I don't mention that. I'm like, oh yeah, it is. I love it. So, okay. The last love song. I cannot yeah. wait. It's going to be yeah. good. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was thank so much you. Fun. This is awesome. 